Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two different dudes, different jobs, different lives, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts, I am P.S. McKay, and just like Deadpool, I too am in the next Doctor Strange movie, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Well, you're definitely strange. <laughs> I'm DP Cavman, and I am... I'm fresh off a ride, man. <laughs> fresh off a ride. Wait, mushrooms? LSD? No, dude, I literally just finished watching. Did you watch Picard? I did. <clears throat> yeah, I did too. We're not going to talk about that tonight. No. <laughs> so, but you're you're fresh off a ride. What does that mean? Dude, it was uh It was pretty wild. I, I look forward to uh to it. Uh I can't wait to talk about it, man. Do we want to do a Picard episode cuz we could do a Picard episode? Well, I mean, we were going to do it next week. We decided to move it. But I think if we dive into it now, it's going to be fresh in our memories. I didn't take any notes, but I do certainly have some thoughts. Me too, and I literally just watched it. So, <laughs> I, 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 Yeah, I ended it about an hour and ten minutes ago. So <laughs> as soon as work ended, I just plopped my iPad on the desk and started watching it. So... Okay, well, this is going to be the episode where we review uh, Picard Season 2, Episode 1, The Stargazer. Now, I think we should go ahead and say we're not going to do an episode by episode. No, we'll, no. We'll lead off, but I think we'll probably end up finishing, you know, wait till the end <coughs> of the uh, series, or the season, I should say. Well, like we fine. usually do. <laughs> yes, that's that's what we should do. I think that doing a, a a first episode of the season review is a fun little time capsule thing that we should do so that we can take a look back on it, uh, you know, to see, you know, how far we've fallen into our disappointment or how far we've elevated into our in, uh, enjoyment. Agreed. <laughs> ever, the, ever, the, ever the stubborn Vulcan. So, agreed. Yeah, right. Agreed. <laughs> More like the grouchy Klingon. Okay. So, after literally a two-year hiatus, in between which something happened. Can't put my finger on it. Not sure why they delayed season two for so long. But, we ended up with Picard in an android body. And he goes back home. So, do you want to do a quick plot synopsis? Sure. I mean, basically, it's like a year and a half or two years after, you know, season one. It's So, real time has, has happened in between. Yes, it is now 2501, where it was 2499. So They're officially in the 26th century, 25th century. I'm sorry, 2401. Yes, yeah. in the 25th century. My apologies. 
Yes. Which, of course, they showed quite clearly as they were handing out, you know, bottles of freshly uh, plucked and squeezed wine <laughs> from Chateau Picard. Yes. <laughs> uh, did we get to see the label that clear? I, I was watching on my iPad, so I could. Correct. We did. We it was did. everywhere. Okay. And they were doing all the picking and stuff. It was yeah. on the, the boxes. It was on labels. Okay. I know. I understand. I that. think it might actually have been on Patrick Stewart's head, but, you know, I can't tell. Yeah, might have been. Could have been. Uh, all right. So we're in, we're in the 25th century, 2401. And. And then we start seeing where everybody is at this point. So you've got Picard back on his vineyard. But apparently he's also Commandant of Starfleet Academy. Raffi's been reinstated. Rios rejoins Starfleet. Seven reclaims the La, you know, is given the La Serena and rejoins the Fennis Rangers. Yep. Uh, where she's out fighting the good fight. Elnor has joined Starfleet Academy as the very first full-blooded Romulan. I know. Did they say that? Because I, I heard they, first Romulan. And I'm thinking, oh, there have been others. Speech. It was in the speech? Yes. First full-blooded Romulan cadet. Okay. I, I Basically, mean, he was serving openly. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, not in the closet like in the, the conundrum episode. No, not the conundrum. Or the drumhead. Drumhead. I knew drum was in the title somewhere. Yes. And then we have... Uh, Agnes, Gerardi, and Rios break up. Agnes is so Soji, I guess, is out doing, I don't know, a goodwill tour, being a synth synthetic ambassador. And Gerardi's with her, and they're on Delta We saw 4. her once, didn't we? Soji. Yeah, she got a nice little scene. Kind of an extended cameo. But she's there. You get Gerardi and Rios have broke up, but apparently her crimes have been forgiven. Because she was under <laughs> They mentioned it. Yes, well, she mentioned it in the exposition dump. <laughs> she was she she was pardoned from her murder uh due to being under the influence of alien uh psychosis. Yes. Which, it's a good lawyer. Got Mark Garagos working for her. Or Mark Garagos the 26th. So. <laughs> it means she probably didn't have to face that obnoxious. And, uh, uh, let's see. Lady who tried to. Someone froze up on me. Like a, oh, there it is. Well, so that's basically, there you are. Every, that's basically where everybody is right now. They've all been moved into we, their season. We cut out when I said Mark Garagos. I don't care. What did you say? I don't know if you said anything. Our I'm trying to move on. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Sorry, I didn't read it. So everyone has been set in their new places. And to be honest with you, things seem up mostly for these people pretty positive yes like the everyone's federation in a better place 
Yeah, the Federation seems less douchey. Starfleet bit, yeah. is back to being Starfleety. Um, you get it did feel a little bit more Starfleety. It felt a little bit more like that vibe of the Starfleet of the mid to you know, you know, to thirty years ago, basically. Yes. Next gen Deep Space Nine Voyager. You with know, a with a could, with a smidgen of of Star Trek 09 in the yes. opening scene there. I uh, yes, a little bit. So. Um, but <clears throat> not overdone. Yes, like they had all sorts of awkward angles, but no lens Dutch flares. angles. Which, yes, but no lens flares, which is good. You're talking about Picard. Yeah, yeah, no, correct. And and also. The inside of the Federation ship actually looked like a Federation ship, which ended up being da, 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 the new Stargazer. Which was, and I gotta say, was that not beautiful? It was a pretty ship. It actually it looked more faithful to the the old Federation designs. Obviously, they had a fidelity to the the first Stargazer design with the four nacelles, yes. which they should always have two. The elements of two nacelles, not one. It needs to be like even. Gene Roddenberry's rule was always: you do them in pairs. Has to have an even number. And when you see an odd number, that means that the timeline isn't right and something's wrong. Correct. So, um, but yeah, and, and we were we found out that the Stargazer is like the. The first in its line of uh, the a new generation of Starfleet ships with, that are incorporating Borg elements to it. Yes, incorporating Borg technology. Mm-hmm. Officially, which we, not like not like in Voyager, which basically took it to survive. Hodgepodge, yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, um, I would like to I would like to see. Side note, I would like to see Janeway somewhere in this because it would almost be impossible for us not to see her with all this stuff that's going on. I mean, we're, oh, we're at the yeah. high end of Starfleet right now. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I'm sure she's out there somewhere. We all know it's coming. Yeah. So so Picard welcomes Elrond, has a welcoming uh, uh, comm- commencement. This isn't Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Elnor. I'll I'll always call him Elrond. That's just not going to change. So come to your peace with it and move on. Uh, <laughs> so after the commencement speech, welcoming the new cadets into Starfleet, we see Picard beam to Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of that. Where he could have is the the uh, the 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 owner of a dive bar in an alley? Um, I don't think it's divey. It's definitely homey, but it, you know, there's not like some drunk passed out on the bars. I mean. No, you wouldn't see that in, in 25th century L.A. now. But <laughs> um, still, it just feels weird that we have Guinan, and Guinan is one of those people that she's a chameleon. She'll she'll blend into her environment. So maybe I shouldn't think that 
she would have this this vast you know franchise of bars right that would pro- that's probably a silly thing to think isn't it yeah i mean to be honest with you as mysterious as Guinan is a bar as bright and cushy as 10 forward actually doesn't fit what do you mean well there's always this air of mystery about her i always kind of got the feeling like she seemed more it 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 fit her aura better you know in in um generations where the lighting was a lot lower and you know there was a bit more of an air of mystery about her yeah so what are you saying in this bar then uh i say that that fits her better kind of a smoky atmosphere with all of this vagueness that we have with her the mystery yeah okay i mean I, you're not wrong and we did learn something new about alorians mm-hmm. in that they age as fast as they want to <laughs> yeah i think i mean honestly it was it was exactly what we knew it was <laughs> just trying to explain right also, we here's my thought on Guinan before we continue. Guinan goes where she's needed to go. Yes. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. She was needed to be there at the Nexus event when uh, Captain Kirk died, quote unquote. Yeah. She was needed to be on the Enterprise when uh, uh, everything happened with with uh, Soren and everything. She was needed there when the right. Borg happened, when Q happened. She was needed there in San Francisco in 1896 when Data blew up. Oh yes, <laughs> she goes where she's needed, and she doesn't know it. She she might, but there's no indication that she does. Like she gives an era an aura of wisdom, but I think. She she just goes with the flow. She follows the will of the force, if you if you well, if you will, to, yeah. to you know. She's, she gets you know. I I swear this is what Maz Kanata was supposed to be like, you know, yes. for Star Wars. You know, this kind of ancient, kind of mysterious, omnipotent thing that seemed to look pretty good in one movie and then just got thrown off to the wayside. <laughs> All, all the ideas, just, we're not going to use those. Nope. <laughs> hey, you had a great idea. Let's throw it out the fucking window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, and we also we also skipped over the, the fact that um, Laris, the, the, the Irish Romulan, uh, is still with Picard. Yes. Still- Still helping him as his like assistant or whatever, and her husband, I guess, died. Uh, you know, a year and a half prior, which feels weird. And but but we're it open to because he was actually pretty <clears throat> fun. They were they were fun together. I was glad they were a good couple. They were. And then I thought they were brothers before tonight, uh, brother and sister before tonight. When I saw the season two episode, <laughs> I really did. So I'm seeing these love glances between the two, uh, Picard and, and Laris, and I'm going, hmm, 
Okay, I guess that makes sense. And let me just say, Laris is a is a tall glass of water. I, I... She's a very attractive woman, and you know she. Jean Luc, of course, is doing his Jean Lucius to not get involved. Uh, okay, and that's the other kicker. You're right. He's doing everything that Jean-Luc would do, but I don't... He doesn't sound like Jean-Luc. Well, and I get it. Age really is old. a thing. I know, I know. And I... I, I please, be, be not me. Let not me be the one saying that age cancels you out, because it, it doesn't, but... I feel like he still would be able to muster. The dude did a one-handed, uh, one-handed push-ups six years ago. Like six uh, years uh, ago. I know, but I mean, you could still muster up a, a, a some timber in your voice a little bit and look less unsure of yourself. He he looks unsure about everything around him. And I'm not talking about the scenes where he's supposed to be confused. I actually think that that's where Picard is in his life right now. Well, he sp- so he spent his entire life faking his assertions. Or his assertiveness. And now, no. and now it's kind of catching up to him. No, I don't think so. Um, I think it's because he's finally, you know, he's not in command of a starship where everything has to be going a specific way. Right. He's not in command. He's splitting time between Starfleet. He's, he's, um, He's uh, splitting time, uh, you know, with his vineyard. What's going on with Picard, it seems, is that he's... You know, during his self-imposed exile, he was lonely, he was sad, he was bitter. You know, he, he was surrounded by his failures. And now, I think he's got a new lease on life, but he's not entirely sure what to do with it. Okay, okay. I mean, right, yes, that... he definitely seems happier than where we found him at the start of season one. He wanted to die. He, and, <laughs> he was disappointed he that wish. he woke up the next morning. So, yes. Okay, all right, yeah, I'll take that, I'll, I'll take that. I'll run with it. We can move on. So, fine. Turns out, uh, Captain Rios in the new USS Stargazer. Okay, before we do that, can I just say, I actually like the uniforms they're wearing this season better than those washed-out versions last year. Which ones? They went through quite a few different ones through different periods. Well, it looks like they're kind of back to those ones that you'd see Picard and Raffi in the flashbacks. Yes, they're closer to that. The one, the ones with that Ichib was wearing. Right. The the the, the weird ish, like oh, it's like, like the, the the light gray. 
It was like the bargain basement cosplay that Riker was wearing. Yes. Of the, of the, um, of the, of, of, I'm sorry, of the first <laughs> contact uniform, the Deep Space Nine Dominion War uniform. Yes. Yes. I actually have to look that up now. Shoot. Um, yeah, but I forgot he, what it he, looked like. These but, uniforms yeah. are growing on me. They they got a little bit of that vibe of you know it's it's the it's a little bit like the jumpsuits from Deep Space Nine and Voyager, but it's also got the striping from the unused Next Generation or uh, Generations uniform. It's got a little yes. bit of that lower decks vibe. Um, no, it looks better. It looks a lot better, and. Gosh, um, you got you got to help me out here. You know the new combat, well, not new, but the combat is that they have. Mm-hmm. They had a version of that in the next generation during a future. That uh, was the all good things. It was the all good things, wasn't it? Yes, and I, you know okay. what? That's that's a pretty good one. No, I it's, like it. It's, it's I like better it. than the weird ones they were using last year too. Those are terrible. Oh, my God. I do feel like I do feel like and I got to give credit where credit's due. And this is episode one, mind you. I feel like the producers were actually listening to. Literally all the criticism. I know as soon as I saw, particularly when I saw the starship show up. Yes, they were. That looks like real Starfleet. You saw the Excelsior, the original Excelsior. I don't think it is because I think it looks like they did a little adding. Yeah, it's probably like the next Excelsior. Could be retrofitted. It could be, but doubtful. It's real to me, damn it. (laughs) Again, doubtful. They have a new Stargazer. They have a new Excelsior. Yep. You Uh, saw a Galaxy-class ship. There was a Galaxy-class. What I really was kind of surprised with they had a nebula class like yes. right behind there and i was like wow they like, did kind of that's that's a good one i was kind of expecting them to like you know go bizarrely but apparently there was a sovereign class there was a kira mm-hmm. class these these were ships from like next gen deep space nine first contact and first contact yeah and speaking of which, I don't know if you heard, but there's a scene. Oh, God. It's when I think Seven is talking to Picard at some point, and you can hear the first contact theme. Yes. Did you catch that? A little, but Just they a, also... It's a few, a few bars. On the bridge, though, they also were... I think they were doing the slow... Like the slow version of the uh, motion picture theme mm. when they're all meeting on the bridge. Okay, yeah, I kind can see that sweetly and faintly in the background. Oh, yep, dude, this is like easily right now my favorite episode of Picard already. The Pente was good because of the the moments with Riker and Troy were very good. Um, but 
I mean, it doesn't, it, none of this feels fake, or very little of it feels fake or ham-fisted. Now, there was a lot of lore being tossed around, but if you ever walk through the Naval Academy or the Military Academy, there's history everywhere. Well, and that's going to happen. Yeah, that's just so natural. when you're walking by and they're standing in front of the, the little plaques of the Stargazer and the Excelsior and all these different things, which really looked like they were taken right out of these technical manuals when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> they were. Awesome. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought the same exact thing. Um, okay. So. Well, shoot. All right. I don't know how much further. All right. Let's explain the plot a little bit more. Then we're just going to talk about what we want to talk about. Okay. Um, Stargazer comes across a space-time rip. Uh, they call for help. They realize that there's a message being sent through the space-time rip saying, Picard, help us. Um, so Starfleet asks Picard to come, you know, come to the front line and, and be on the Stargazer with Captain Rios. And then um, they Picard answers. And then a huge new Borg type of ship comes through. Seven's there. She identifies that it's a Borg ship. She wants to f- blow it out of the sky, which... And she is filled with murderous rage, which <laughs> yeah, I kind of like from her. Well, she's she's learned to become more human. And in the process, she learns she she gets she has more failings because she's more human. So. But that being said, um, the the Borg say that they wanted they want peace, they want to join the Federation, but they need more power first and. The, the supposed queen transports to the bridge and starts uh, its uh, mechanical tendrils uh, link up with uh, the bridge consoles. And well, they yeah. start taking over all the, the ships using the Borg components, which that doesn't make sense. You could just machine language is machine language. You could just do that. They didn't it's need just to, much but, more intimidating, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's exactly uh, what Cyborg did in the Justice League movie. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that's what you do now. You know that, yeah. right? That that's I know. they do. That's true. And we also got a status update on what the true state of the Borg is, which they're practically eliminated from the galaxy. There's just a few, you know, a few lone cubes out there, and they're they're not necessarily rebuilding, but. Uh, they're a pale shadow of what they once were post Endgame and Voyager. Of course, plus that. they are just still the Borg. Yes. <laughs> so the supposed queen is there. We don't see her face. Um, and then uh, Picard initiates a self-destruct, which at the end we see it happens. And then Picard wakes up in his old chateau where it's destroyed. There's a, a solar shield uh, over the Earth, and then he runs into Q in his confusion. Q, who they de-aged at the very beginning. By the way, that was beautiful. That was well done. That was well done. You know, it didn't require them to need to do a ton of the ridiculous uh, de-aging for an entire period of time. It's just like that one scene. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and he's like, oh, I should catch up. Boom. Which is a much better <laughs> explanation for why he was older. 
than like, what oh, than why Guinan was older. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I see if you've aged. That's the kind of smart ass jackass thing that um, that Q would do. This is true, and I I trust John Delancey to be very faithful to his portrayal of Q. He knows Q. That's his most famous role. He that that's a part of him, and he'll he'll make sure that that stays the way it is always. Um, so I was never worried about Delancey coming back, and it'd be a different kind of Q. You know what I mean? Mm. Now the question is, so it ends with um, a preview for the season and that yeah. Earth is now this dystopian fascistic state, which, oh God, we all know. We all know that they're doing a social commentary on something that we're not going to talk about, but it's completely fucked out. I'll just say it. It's fucked out. <laughs> Look. It's as I fucked mean, out as this- Don't Stop Believing by uh, Journey. There was a point where Don't Stop Believing was in every single TV show. Yeah. But I'll take it. It's kind of like Fortunate Son in every Vietnam movie. <laughs> exactly. It's fucked I out. Mean, CCR CCR's fucked out. <laughs> yeah, for any Vietnam don't show, stop, movie don't or stop show. Don't Stop Believing never is not a banger. <laughs> you never don't. You know, you never don't just stop and sing along with it. Right. <laughs> it ain't me. <laughs> God damn it. You got it in no, my head. No, I now. meant don't stop believing. Uh, I know. I know. Fortunate but... Son. Yeah, that, it gets a little overdone sometimes. But let title me of, a, uh, of an episode in Enterprise, by the way. Don't stop believing? No, Fortunate Son. God damn it. Yeah. All right, I cut you off. Continue. Anyway. Oh, we have, you know, I mean, it almost seems like a couple of these um, alternate universe things that cropped up in like the Peter David books, you know, that he would write. Yeah. Well, it definitely looks okay. So the the portrait of Picard, evil Picard, looked exactly like the portrait of Picard at the uh, on in front of um, on the cover of Dark Mirror by Peter David. Is he writing some of this? I don't know. No, I don't think so. They, they would they wouldn't have enough money to pay him. Um, <laughs> and it, if he was, the, the episode would have been a whole lot better. I'm not saying the episode was bad. I'm just saying it would have blown. Well, our there minds. would have been a lot more sex in it if it was Peter <laughs> David. Let's just be honest. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're you're probably not wrong. <laughs> Said uh, the author. Uh, one example: uh, the author wrote a scene where Riker meets Troy for the first time at a wedding. And of course, in Beta Z, everyone's naked. And a woman walks by looking at Riker. And she goes, why are Earthmen so hairy? And he thought fast on his feet and he goes, traction. Yeah, that was a good line. 
I almost asked my parents what that meant. <laughs> Let's see. I read it when I was 12. I, don't know, I got the romance part of it. I thought it was great. But, you know, there were some jokes that were just a little over my head at the time. Yeah. Well, let's just put it this way. There, that one, yeah, it definitely looked like some cover art. So I bet you they owe somebody money. Oh, they might. Or they might have just changed it up just enough. <laughs> so, By the way, the uniform, if you look at it, was like a black version of the movie, the, the TOS movies. Really? Yeah, it had, you know, the, the chest flap. And I think you might have even had a turtleneck. Hmm. Well, I, I will say that those those uniforms were my favorite. They were they were very good. They fit more of a, a military a military kind of thing. So, okay, now we're at the point where we can pick, you know, uh, pick and pull and whatever. So, what were things that you liked about this? Oh, geez, um, I I loved. Starfleet getting back to feeling like Starfleet. I really did. It it felt so real. Well, we actually got to see Starfleet for once. Like we barely saw Starfleet in season one. Exactly. And then they just here's the big thing. Then we saw it the entire season. Right. They didn't do the bullshit copy and paste like they did. Um no. Again, a crit, uh, a critique from fans, <laughs> which and also they, I think with, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Go, go ahead. Oh geez, dude, just sitting and watching those ships come out of warp, and then you go, go, oh, these are real starships, not, you know, like I watched these ships. And I was yes. picking out the ships that looked familiar, you know. Right. I think the Excelsior looked like it was a little upgraded, kind of how when they were doing the drawback on the Stargazer, I was like, is it going to have four nacelles? Oh, and they, they teased and it. And they did. Oh, they, that they was They almost good. made you think it was two. <laughs> but, yeah, they, that was a good pullback. I liked it. I, I, I do feel like, I mean, there was a big complaint last year, or previously that starfleet ships just looked ugly like they didn't look like starfleet ships they didn't look as sleek they had ridges it was it was going down that ridiculous too angular well it was getting back to that ridiculous discovery shit yeah absolutely and almost as if they took models from Discovery and just kind of recoded them a little bit, you know, in the in the I know. in the computer. So, but yeah, I, I do, I do find that seeing those ships and that and and like real Starfleet ships, hopeful. I didn't notice if they had L cars. Did you notice if they had L cars on the computers? Uh, they they had 
some of the screens up, but they also had regular controls. And they they brought back that big red alert thing from the, the red alert the, thing from Star Trek Five, yeah, or six or something. Yeah, I think it was in a couple of the movies. It was there was a lot of you know what I also liked. It almost looked like you had a kind of a combination of like an old like twenty third century bridge mixed with. You know the the a late twenty fourth century bridge with yes. the chrome finishing of a Discovery era ship. They okay. Here's my thoughts on that because it did cross my mind. I did notice that they were trying to make the bridges more uh, like the next generation Voyager era, right? Mm-hmm. But they also they also wanted to have them be a little bit more futuristic, which is fine. I felt the bridge was too big. Um, like everyone was spaced out too much. And maybe that was a thing because of the, the cough that shall not be named. It it might have been, but you know what? It also didn't look like dudes were stacked upon themselves either. No. They did better panoramic with it, so you could see, you know, there was, multi, you know, the Brit, the command center was big and spacious you still had the two sh- the two stations up front but yeah. then because i think the turbo lifts kind of open up right behind or maybe kind of a, a an angle, angle right there yeah but there was a lot there was plenty of space but i also think they needed it for you know the scene they were filming with the board queen and everything mm, true but if I you just, remember it just big to me yeah if you remember the bridge on Voyager seemed a little bigger than the next gen bridge at times, or wider. Because it did. the next it was the next wider. gen bridge was longer. Deeper. Yeah. Yeah. But then no barely anything ever happens in those back stations, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, you need more of a horizontal point of view so that you can use the camera length more. Yeah, um, but of course we're also more. seeing better. We're seeing better, uh, you know, TV technology, you know, filmmaking. True. True, and <laughs> I will be honest. They opened up with the opening scene was a security team running to the bridge of the Stargazer. And we saw the mechanical tentacles, you know, hitting one while it's trying to interface with the bridge. And we didn't know what was going on. I honestly thought that it was the ultimate machine civilization that they fought off at the end of season one for a second there. Mm-hmm. Did that ever cross your mind? Um, I don't know. Maybe I I wasn't sure. I kind of <laughs> thought it might have been the Borg. I thought it could have been, you know, it could have been these. I, I just wasn't really sure. I mean, yeah. obviously, we know it be, was the Borg because at some point it all comes back to the Borg with Picard. Right. Right. So. Now, okay. So here's the thing. Why does Rios have a cigar on on the bridge, but 
stop smoking. It the damn thing. He had a lighter with him. He flipped the lighter on and off. <laughs> but he's like, there's no smoke. Did he smoke last year? Was it like actually lit and smoking? I think it was. I don't know. And I don't want to rewatch it. <laughs> it was such a slog. Let, let me put it to you this way, though. I liked Captain Rios. You could, you could still get a little vibe of his roguish self. Obviously, he's in the 25th century with a fucking cigar on the bridge. Like this is an yep. old John Wayne movie from World War II. And you, know? you would think that it would be completely socially unacceptable to smoke anything at this point in exactly. the 25th century. Exactly. So, you know, he, he's he got that little roguish pit about him, but you see that he's a very capable commanding officer. I mean, you get that. You get that vibe. He's got the respect. You get His that. crew respects him. They've like He's been there for a while. You can see that. Yeah. How did he get it in the first place? I'm sure that Picard probably put in a good word for him or something, but he, he practically got the flagship of the Federation, which it, it, it's not. Don't get me wrong, but one of the most advanced starships in the entire fleet, and they gave it to him? Well, I mean, he did help save the the galaxy. Mm, from mm, mm. they uh, helped on, he helped uncover the Romulan plot, you know, discovered the synths, you know, all, and you know since Picard was in good standing, which helped uncover spies in the Federation and who attacked Mars and all these other things. I bet you Jean Luc Picard and his you know, huge-ass balls just walked into Starfleet headquarters and said, Bitch, <laughs> these guys are coming with me. Yeah. I'm, there I'm, was more respect to Picard, I will say that, which I found... I, I mean, because remember when he walked into Starfleet Season 1 and no one recognized him? Yeah. Like, they they literally said, can I get your name, please? And he's standing... Uh, what? Like... <laughs> Just, uh, I, I don't know. There's at least more respect to Picard, and and I like that. There was something else that I, I, I mean, we're gonna see, we're gonna see Brent Spiner again. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about the idea of them going back in time. This is through the 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 season teaser. I'm really not. I, again, I feel like that's fucked out too. Well, it's Star Trek, so it was bound to happen. No, it doesn't have. It's not bound to happen, man. It does. Don't, don't, Every don't series. That. Don't uh... look. No, DS Nine. DS Nine went to time periods that were different. They 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 went to Roswell for it was a gag show. They went to twenty twenty four as a social commentary to start off a big thing that actually starts the bell riots which which helps jumpstart you know federation thinking 
fun thought. They're going to 2024 again, the same year as the Bell Riots, which they might talk about. Oh, and the unification of Ireland. Hey, which, that'll right. be fun to air in the UK. There's been a lot <laughs> of speculation that Avery Brooks is back as Ben Cisco somewhere. That we might see him? Well, he's got that smashed Bajoran tablet on his bookcase or on, oh, on one right, of the tables in his office. It was very clear when he was looking for the the auto but through Spock's autobiography. I feel like I feel like Avery Brooks, the masterful the masterful character actor that he is, it's just a little too far off the rails now to actually film anything. <laughs> well, Maybe that's what they decided they need. Maybe. Uh, so I, we're going to have I, a Cisco that's that's flying off the rails with a Picard that is... <gasps> like, Dude, I love when Cisco flies off the rails. No, I, I, <laughs> just, no I'm talking about Avery Brooks you flying off the rails. You your uniform. No, that's that's controlled. This is this is I'm gonna play it song. Hold on. You get it? He scared William Shatner. Do you know how, how much it takes to scare William Shatner? He confused William Shatner as much as anything. Yes, yes he did. And Shatner had no idea where to go with this. Like there was if you there was no to, narrative if whatsoever. Listen, but if you listen to everybody else on like, you know, from DS9, they're like jazz musician. The guy's just wired different. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe maybe I'm just I'm too influenced by that documentary by William Shatner. Um it was a good documentary. The captain... It was a great documentary. I, I It was refreshing. It was fun to see. Obviously, Patrick Stewart went through some bullshit in his life, and that was part of his own fault during well, that time. Let, okay, well, that's actually an interesting point, because that brings us back to this episode, Picard's personal flashbacks. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea where they're going with this. I mean, was his mother kidnapped and killed? We got to see Picard's mom for the first time. I, I think he had an abusive father, which is exactly what Patrick Stewart had. Oh, uh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do the shell shock thing. Well, and yes, his his father had actually seen some really. Horrible shit in World War Two. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, and, and re- I but, remember there was a there was a, a video of um, it Patrick was one of yeah, talking to a fan about mental illness and how he's how he's trying so hard to work on reforms in mental illness, and he talked about his mother being abused by his father and. His father had shell shock, and he hated his father. And then he realized that shell shock was just a preterm for PTSD. And the police were like to his mother, "Don't agitate him. Stop causing this problem, and yeah. he'll stop doing it." Um, for, that's horrible. That's a horrible message. And then, so he hates his father, and then he's mad at his mom. Then he hates his father, and then he comes to understand, "Oh my God, they're both victims." Yes. And he explains this to this fan, and that was a very powerful 
not monologue, but a powerful statement that he made to her. Yeah, plus he he did one of those things where it was like go and discover your roots things. You can find videos of that where he like kind of gets to trace back his father. Mm. Um, and when he, he actually learns about what his father, I think his father was like the only survivor of his unit or something like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and, which gave him a greater understanding of his father. Yes. But Patrick Stewart also said at one point he was drinking a lot himself. So, I mean, I think you're going to see a little bit of the actor's personal history tied up into this. Well, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing Patrick be uh, an executive producer of this show. He's going to do what he wants. And if he wants to use this as an opportunity to come to terms with his own family demons. We've already started mm -hmm. to see that progress. Yes. I mean, you know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, this is just wishful thinking. If you could get Ian McKellen in some role in Picard, because he'd do it for scale. I, mean, I think he'd, he'd do, do it for, it for scale. free. <laughs> They're like those. That is that is friendship <laughs> gold. Like they're they're the else. most in, they're the most in love uh, intermix uh, celibate couple ever. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's amazing to watch them together do interviews. They're like two cute old men who enjoy each other's companies, and yeah, it's basically like the same. He almost has it's almost like the relationship Picard has with Guinan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not a sexual thing, but it's like deeper than a friendship. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's. That would be pretty sweet to see him as his father. Mm. Oh, I don't think that would go over well. I don't know. I mean, what what else would they do? Have him be Robert? No. I I mean he he's if he if he drops up in this, then that would be almost as good. As the Baby Yoda reveal. <laughs> well, the Baby Yoda reveal was on on Q this time, so. No, there was Q. We knew it was Q for months. Nobody knew Baby Yoda was coming. No, that's true. Well, here's my question. Do you feel like. And we still have yet to see where this is going. Do you feel like it's a risk that we're seeing Q come back? And they're bringing back the whole the trial never ends. Now, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The next generation ended on such a wonderful, positive note. Q even lauded Picard for being able to get through the the obstacle that he was given, and that uh, that test that Q set up, basically, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is this another test that Q is setting up? And why is it necessary? Because Q was already he gets I mean, I always felt that the te the the trial never ends because you're always being tested. It's not me that's testing you. I I'm kind of getting the feeling that Q 
is kind of going after Picard because he cheated death. Well, that's wild speculation. I, I mean, it could be. I mean, we don't know. I mean, there's no Did indication you as to see the 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 preview for next week, where he gets uh, in Picard's face and says, "It's it's this is no, it's the." He accuses, he calls it a penance. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, there was that penance. Was a, yeah, and he was, he seemed very pissed. Hmm. I, there, maybe there's something to that. Or maybe Q is seeing that all that Picard has seemed to have maybe forgotten the lessons that Q had tried to teach him. Feel like oh man, I I feel like though that he was on the rebound and doing that though already. Maybe at the beginning of this episode, I mean, it's Commodore of Starfleet. He's welcoming new commandant. new commandant. Yes, of Starfleet Academy. Commandant of Starfleet Academy. Is that like the the uh, term for chancellor or basically university yes. president? Yes. Okay. Oh, hey, a... and if you remember, that was actually the position he was offered leading up to the conspiracy episode. Oh, you're right. Ooh. When you're Admiral right. Quinn got a whiff of, eh, you know, of something going wrong and Starfleet officers acting weird when he met with Picard in it. I don't even remember which episode that was. But then they uh, zip out to, um, you get back to conspiracy. He offered him position as admiral and head of Starfleet Academy because he wanted people he trusted close. Right. I didn't realize that. Conspiracy is kind of one of those episodes where it was a nice one-off that they just abandoned. You know, so you don't you don't feel like it's necessary to to keep it in the memory bank like that. Does that make well, sense? I mean, it it was obvious that they were hoping to revisit it at, at some point. They might Which, still. By the way, the Deep Space Nine relaunch actually finished that story. Oh, it did. Very well. Oh. And it led to a, an event that brought Cisco back from the wormhole. And this is the books, not the comics? Yeah, it's the books. Okay. Is this after Deep Space Nine, Tarak Nor was destroyed and they built a new... No, 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 this was... Starfleet version? No, this was um, basically a year after the Dominion War. This is what they called the Season 8 relaunch when they started. But this is the same stretch of books that go all the way to that, that went okay. through the Destiny timeline, through the Typhon Pack, and the destruction of the original Terak Nor. Yeah, that's where it goes through there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty good, man. It. Do you want me to tell you, like, the great plot twist in it, or are you interested in it? I'm all? not going to read it. Uh, <laughs> they are basically... Uh, they're like the Romulan version of the Trill Symbiote. Oh! It was like... Well done! Yeah, it was like a split. 
Wow. One group became a partnership. The other tried to control. Yeah. I thought it was a great plan. That's a good one. I like and, that. And they ended up... Um, basically, what happens is they reemerge, and, and this was all kept hidden by the trill. And then... One of these guys gets into Shakar, and he's assassinated by a trill. <laughs> and, and it's all on the eve of Bajor joining the Federation. Oh, man. Which, by the way, Picard, uh, the science officer aboard the Stargazer, was a Bajoran. Yes, saw Very that. Very clearly with, a, with the earring. Yeah, and a clear nose ridge that didn't look in any way modified. No, and it, in fact, this almost looks like a proper descendant of the TNG era. Now, the Romulans don't seem to really have the head ridges anymore. Well, they did mention in season one that the head ridges came from the people of the north. Like, Larissa's yeah. husband had rid mild ridges. If if you don't remember. Yeah, maybe a little, but it's not much. I mean, so Elnor looks like a Vulcan. Larith looks like a Vulcan. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Well, okay. So I guess the question is, do you feel it was a risk that Q, that they brought back Q to question? No, the, not at uh, all. The trial never ends. No, I think that's, actually a good thing the trial does never end when you but say the, the trial lesson... never ends and then you never come back even though shit's going on it kind of i feel it cheapens the ending i feel i also feel that it cheapens the ending in the sense that the trial never ends was a euphemism for always put yourself out there you're always going to be tested not necessarily by me but by whatever's out there. He literally says that. Out there. Surrounded by all, all sorts of things. Both subtle and gross. <laughs> yeah. They gave him so, some truly good monologues. They did. Uh, Q had some great monologues. And there's a new meme going around. Have you noticed? Of him. of uh, During... Um, Oh, God. I think it was during Q Who when uh, Pic he took Picard into a, a space, a, a, a shuttle, and then he's talking really close into his left ear, like intimately close. Like there's a, a shot of that, and it's used in all these different internet memes, like my subconscious telling me <laughs> otherwise or something. You haven't seen him. I don't, I don't know. You gotta, love, like, you gotta love. You gotta love the like Blu-ray. Do it. Yeah, you gotta love the Blu-ray and the the screen caps because all these different Star Trek uh, shots are being rediscovered and used in crazy awesome ways. The Picard palm meme. The oh yeah. The what the fuck meme. Mm-hmm. You see what we? You know what we do need. Is we do need Ben Cisco to come back and go full Ben Cisco on somebody. 
because he he needs to be memed. He hasn't been memed, has he? No. I wonder, God, has he done anything meme I mean, you could. Take... I can't think of anything like a baby, a base, the holding the baseball, and but I don't know. I'm not clever enough to be able to figure one out either. By the way, but look, all I know is I think that I I think they're off to a good start. I mean, it's obvious that they probably listened to some fan backlash and was like, well. Maybe we could at least make the starships not look like we hit copy and paste. Or like ass. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can bring back a little bit here. I think I, it just They brought feels, back classic names, too. It, well, they have the Hikaru Sulu was a ship name. Yep. Absolutely. And, and okay. So I think the Hikaru big takeaway and Spock's autobiography. So you got a nice tip of the hat. It's the original yep. series. We got a little taste of Deep Space Nine in with the the Bajoran artifact. Mm-hmm. You have, of course, Seven of Nine. So that's got Voyager covered. TNG is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, they're they're doing a pretty good job of building things i do think it was a bit of a lost cause it would have been nice if they would bring on like a character from deep space nine or something that that like would have Esri? been oh, i would have been okay with call meanie back as miles o'brien helping him fix shit he was too busy uh filming uh it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah <laughs> in ireland <laughs> A truly underrated, great actor. Oh, he truly is, yes. Um, and as wonderful as he is, Miles O'Brien, he really is good at playing bastards. Oh, he really is a good bastard player, yes, absolutely. <laughs> he is. And maybe not so much villains, but just a, a real son of a bitch. Yes. He, he can do a real good one like that. Yes, he if can. You ever see, if you ever saw the AMC series Hell on Wheels, where he plays uh, Thomas Durant, the... Um, president of the union pacific railroad awesome he was so good in that really playing opposite anson mount Ooh, that's a power yeah yeah that i think that's kind of what got anson mount on the map you know that show hmm yeah Yeah, i'll have to look into that it was good man god damn all right yeah i'll look into it yeah five seasons what was it AMC. called? Hell on Wheels. It's about the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. Hell on Wheels, huh? Yep. And you know what? I never watched it. I, me either. I mean, I saw it on ads, but I never watched it. You were practically, you were deployed half the time. And I ended up watching it while trapped having COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so, not actually having COVID, but in the aftermath, I... It was on Netflix for a while. Obviously, yeah. since AMC has their own channel now, I'm sure that's where it is. AMC but I watched Plus. It. Yeah, I watched it all on... Ooh. It was so good. 
I'll have to look it up because, I mean, I see it here. It came out eleven years ago. My God. Yeah. Oh, I could stream it on Fubo, Roku. Oh well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, only two seasons on AMC uh, Plus, though. Well, if you can get them on, you know, Tubi or Roku, uh, that'll be good because I think most of those are no free. Fubo. Mm. <laughs> Fubo is a useless service. I I can't. Is it free? No. Yeah. I signed up. I signed up for uh, we we wanted to watch a few good men, uh-huh. and it's available for streaming on Fubo. So I was like, all right, I'll do this the free seven day trial and get it. Well, it turns out that a few good men still had commercials in it on Fubo. So I, I immediately, I immediately canceled the Fubo service and just bought the damn movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. Uh, Okay, uh, Hell on Wheels. All right, noted. Good. Yeah. So anyway, that, you know, Ezri actually would have been a good one too because she could definitely have used more character development, more screen time. And she could be who she wanted at this point because there would have been 30 years of development or 20 years of character development. Right, and she would have further distanced herself. Um from Jadzia. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, I, okay. So what are the big takeaways here? It feels like the producers really listened, even though they're not indicating they did. <laughs> they're not, they're not being very friendly to the, the, the fans openly. Right. Well, I mean, it, it is definitely, there's some fan service, but it definitely feels more like they're getting it more. Which they they had to learn the hard way because <laughs> they called half their fans bigots uh, in response to the, the criticism. Bigots of what? Against women, against diversity... They literally, they, they were literally doing that. And I'm not saying CBS slash Paramount did that, but the writers were saying that. Well, it seems to be like they got better writers this year. They might have. They might have. Um, I, I'll say this. Picard season one was definitely a lost opportunity. There were some very good parts. It was very dark at times. Um but I, I love seeing Patrick Stewart in anything. He is so good. I oh, mean, he's going to be on. in the Doctor Strange movie, by the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, calling back to my joke. Bruce Campbell and Patrick Stewart, sign me up. Groovy. <laughs> Groovy. Make it so, Bruce. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, Doctor Strange is is shaping up to be a bizarre but fascinating movie is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But even if you get just a small scene or two with Patrick Stewart as a, even an alternate version of Professor X, there's been rumors that 
Bruce Campbell could be any number of characters. He could have been Ash. Oh, God. Yes, him fighting Dead the eights. zombies. Because <laughs> we saw Zombie Strange, right? We did. We did. So he could be Ash. I mean, there is a world where that could happen. So <laughs> where he comes on through. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Bruce has said that he's like they he did. He did film a scene, a big scene. But now he's not sure that he's in it because they had to do a whole bunch of reshoots. Oh, please so. don't. I don't think Sam will put him on the cutting room floor. Well, I mean, true friendship, I know. And where there's a will, there's a way. They yeah. would have reshot him, too. Well, Sam ought to know without without Bruce, there is no Sam. So. <laughs> Again, true. No, well, any Hercules or Xena. So. <laughs> cycling back to Picard. I, I think we're on this, the tail end of this episode. I give this though. an A. Okay. All right. A minus. A I'm minus. gonna give it a B. Not not to, because uh, again, I I mean I I I'm giving credit where they're the, where they're showing fidelity to the source material. I absolutely am, and I I like that. I want more of that. Not I don't want I don't want mentions. I don't want stupid. Easter eggs here or there. I wanted a genuine fidelity to the product. And they showed that with Starfleet, the way they've acted, the way that they were showing the uniforms, the way that they were showing uh, respect to everyone. Uh-oh. You remember in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, when they show up at Edoras and Gandalf freeze Theoden from Saruman's control. From Wormtail? Yes. Or worm, yeah, worm worm tongue. Worm tongue. And then he just starts to seem, he, he regains his strength, his <laughs> color. He becomes, he remembers he his gets mind. His voice. Right. And this almost feels like maybe that's where Ian McKellen is. He like. <laughs> Slammed his staff at Starfleet headquarters, and all of a sudden it became no. Starfleet again. Like Actually, Picard I'm gonna said, be, it wasn't Starfleet. I'm going to be even more literal. He did this in front of Patrick Stewart's house. Yes. <laughs> you didn't find that funny? God damn it. I did. I did. <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah. But until but your I have, I have milk in the your, car, I have lineage. to put it away. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. God damn it, I stepped on your joke. As you <laughs> try to. I do. I do. I feel like our connection's a little delayed. Um, Maybe. All right, well, uh, DT, I'm not really sure where else to go from here. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? I, I mean, a solid B from me. Promising. It was very promising, the first episode of uh, Picard. But very I feel promising. a little bit more optimistic this time. Yes, very promising. Uh, I'm happy with it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Very much so. Right now, Paramount Plus is on a winning streak because 1883 kicked fucking ass. 
<laughs> and that had some serious cameos in it. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, they got fucking Tom Hanks. Oh, I didn't know they did that. Holy shit. Well, Faith Hill and Rita Wilson are good friends. So Tim McGraw is by default <laughs> friends with Tom Hanks. And they filmed a, a scene, which was a flashback to the Civil War. And Tim McGraw was interviewed and he's like, and I know Tom, but sitting there having him go like full Tom Hanks, it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here are the people who have cameo or who have had small scenes in this eight episode TV show. So far. No, no, it's it, the season's over. Right. Are they going to do a new season? I don't know. Okay. Because they're doing, I think they're doing like, Limited series, mm. you know, but you in get, the Yellowstone uh, universe, yes. And I actually read a review, and they were like, Well, they're doing another spinoff, so I'm sure we're going to see Yellowstone Special Victims Unit and Yellowstone, <laughs> uh, and Deep Space Nine or something like that. Oh, it, was, God. it was actually a pretty good joke, um, but the uh. Cameos. The cameos. So Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson both got in there. Billy Bob Thornton. Damn. Was in it. You get uh, Graham Greene was in it. Oh. Right. Well, of course he yeah. and Kevin Costner were in Dances with Wolves, and you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, you had some decent. That's in we're a, in a very different world now. Between Hollywood and streaming versus movies and stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. Could you imagine getting... It's like, yes, Tom Hanks did a a little quick cameo in 30 Rock, but 30 Rock was pulling in pretty A-list, you know, guest stars and cameos all the time. Mostly because it was a joke. Well, you were getting that with Love Boat, too. Right, but I mean... this is different. These streaming, some of these streaming shows are so epic. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Ed Sheeran were both in Game of Thrones. I mean, this you, is had true. Pe- you had people who would just be willingly buried under dirt and grime just to get into these movies. Daniel Craig was a fucking stormtrooper. You didn't get to see sh- shit. No, this is true. But so, that was at least another movie. Right. But still, you get my point. Is like these dudes will uh, these dudes are like living out their dreams, or giving a you know doing a favor to a friend or something. But you're getting a lot. Uh, I I fully expect Picard season two to just get better. I mean, you see John Delancey. Obviously, I think at some point you'll see Guinan again. Either. Picard will come across her somewhere in the dystopian <laughs> past. Or she'll be there at the end to go, hey, you saved humanity again. <laughs> because only she can, you know, because she can tell when there's a change in the timeline. Only she would know. Right. That and Because you know they're going to have to come full circle. Like, you know, if he if he comes back and they get everything straight and he's like, you know what, Laris, let's get our bone on. And they do that and... Then the next thing you know, they're sitting drinking with Guinan. Let's get our bone on. That was that was not 
Laris, I think it's time. I haven't shown you how much I appreciate you, nor how much I I, I, I truly adore how you help me and you're by my side and you're my trust. You're my best friend. You're my and now I know that you are the love of my life. John Luke, no, let's program. get our bone on. <laughs> let's get our bone on. Okay. There it is, everybody. Okay, that's where we end it at that point. <laughs> so, on that note, everyone, uh, consensus is we like Picard so far. We'll see it again. And in the end, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, everyone. And we'll see you on the high ground. And make it so. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information. <laughs>